We have made this partial summary of the illustrations God gives us of the spirit which originates human governments, and of the dealings with them and their subjects who refuse His government so as to maintain the governments of man. It has been only a partial summary. The examples on each point might be multiplied tenfold, and the writer does not believe there is an example in the Old Testament that antagonizes the conclusions to which these examples point. The conclusions may be restated as follows: one, God created man as His own servant to govern and control him, and in pursuance of this design has at all times kept in existence a government of His own, changing it to suit the changed conditions and character of those willing to submit to Him, reaching from the beginning until the present time. Two, that institution gave room for no human legislation. God is the sovereign and sole lawmaker for it, and He has ruled in it to bless and guide His children. Three, man, in the spirit of rebellion against God and with the view of living free from the control of God and independent of His authority, instituted governments of His own, and those governments, in their changing forms, have existed from the days of Nimrod to the present time. Four. God, from its beginning, recognized this human government as rebellion against Him, and as the organized effort to throw off His authority and to conduct the affairs of the earth free from God's rule and dominion. Five, regarding them thus, God always forbade that His subjects should join affinity or affiliate with the subjects of the human government. Or that they should make any alliance with, enter into, support, maintain, and defend, or appeal to, or depend upon these human governments for aid or help. Six, that alliances with these human governments or their supporters arose from distrust of and were sins against God, and without exception were punished. That these alliances were sources of corruption to the children of God, weaned them from God, from His service, and from fidelity to His appointments, and brought weakness, shame, and disaster instead of strength, security, and safety. Seven, that the copying after the human or dovetailing it into the divine government was a rebellion against God and a rejection of Him as their ruler. Was the destruction and corruption of his government a transforming of the divine into the human? Eight, that God ordained the human government to punish those who rebelled against His government by choosing the human, and He used and overruled this human government to punish His rebellious children and to destroy His enemies. For this purpose, God ordained and used it, and for these ends, it was the ordinance of God. It was good for the purpose for which he ordained it. Nine, the builders, rulers, and supporters of these governments were wicked, rebellious men. God overruled their wickedness to punish the rebellious children and to destroy his enemies. In this work, he called them my servants, my shepherd, mine anointed. Yet when he had used them in accomplishing this work, he so directed that those used by him as his chief ministers of vengeance themselves were destroyed for their wicked, revengeful, and rebellious spirit. Ten, God's government was his medium for receiving the service of his loyal children, and was his instrumentality through which he bestowed blessings upon them. 
While his servants were faithful to him in this government, he permitted no evil to befall them, fought their battles for them, delivered them from their enemies, and kept in perfect peace those whose heart was stayed on him. 11. God had two classes of ordinances. 1. His own government for the maintenance of his authority, the spread of his kingdom, and the promotion of virtue and holiness, and the protection, blessing, and salvation of his children, and, two, human government, his sword, his battle-axe, his armory, to punish his disobedient children, and to execute wrath and vengeance on, and to destroy his enemies. Corresponding to these were the two classes of his servants, his loyal and obedient children, and the wicked spirits who set at defiance his authority, built up institutions to supersede his government, which were overruled by God to punish wickedness, and in turn to be destroyed for their wickedness. In these diverse and contrary senses and characters, heaven and hell, Jesus Christ and the devil, are ordinances and servants of God to accomplish the diverse works. 12. The government of God and those of man were antagonistic and rivals of each other, each contending for rule and dominion of the world. Between them there was an irrepressible conflict. God especially commissioned his local government to drive out and destroy the human governments and their subjects that inhabited the country they possessed. That this war of extermination was waged against the human governments and their subjects, not against them as individuals or families. Daniel's prophecy foretells that God's government would be extended to the dominion of the world just as his local government would be extended to the dominion of the land of Canaan. This prophecy projects the lines of separation and the conflict between the human and divine into the illimitable future and especially commissions this universal and everlasting kingdom to break in pieces and consume all the kingdoms of the earth, all the kingdoms and institutions of man's make, and to possess and fill the whole earth and itself to stand forever. According to this clear prophecy, the conflict will know no cessation, will be unto the end, till one is destroyed and consumed, and the other brings the whole world into subjection to the king of kings. The end, as foretold by Daniel, the kingdom and the dominion and greatness of the kingdom under the whole heavens shall be given to the people of the Most High whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. With this conflict thus projected into the future, we will follow the stream of revelation and in the New Testament seek to learn the relation of these kingdoms to the perfect kingdom of God, the Christians' relation to them, and their final destiny.